Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Misconduct, a true crime podcast. I'm Eileen, and joining me is Colleen. How are you doing, Colleen? I am good. Uh, starting off, we wanted to say thank you for the feedback and positive reviews and supportive emails that we've received. Uh, we're glad people are enjoying the show. Yeah, we wanted to say a special thank you to Firebuild 1961, Ross 198513, <laughs> and Miss Blasian. For the five-star reviews, thank you so much for taking the time to rate us on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you like us, please subscribe on iTunes and uh, leave us a review if you are feeling so inclined. Um, we also have another podcast recommendation for you this week is uh, Twisted Philly. Uh, there's more mischief and mayhem in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. Twisted Philly offers true crime, haunted history, Legends and lore, cool and creepy places to visit, all from Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. I really recommend it. It's really awesome. Tonight we are discussing the case of Evelyn Hernandez. She was a 24-year-old woman who was due to give birth in a week, who was last seen alive on May 1st, 2002, with her five-year-old son, Alexis. Her body was found floating along the Embarcadero in, San Fran- in the San Francisco Bay, on July 24th, 2002, and her son has never been found. As of today, the case remains unsolved, although foul play is suspected. Five months after Evelyn's body was discovered, Lacey Peterson would go missing in nearby Modesto, California, and coverage of the investigation would grip the nation for months. Although these cases are strikingly similar, one received worldwide attention and the other was barely covered locally. Tonight, we'll be discussing what happened to Evelyn and the disparities in the media coverage between the two cases. Cool. Thanks, Eileen. So um, let's talk about who Evelyn Hernandez was. She was a 24-year-old woman living in the Crocker Amazon uh, neighborhood of San Francisco. She had a five-year-old son named Alexis, and she was an immigrant from El Salvador who came to the United States when she was 14 to live with her mother, who had fled the Civil War there several years earlier. Uh, she worked as a vocational nurse and also picked up extra work at Costco and the Clift Hotel over in Union Square. Uh, she was described as warm and likable uh, by those who knew her, and Evelyn enrolled in high school in San Francisco where she took extra English classes. Her mentor at the Latino Youth Center in the Mission said that she was shy at first, but it was clear that she was intelligent. 
She was known to study hard and be responsible, and while at the center, she developed a love for acting and participated in many of the plays. When she was about to graduate high school, Evelyn became pregnant with her son, Alexis, and she managed to finish school before taking a series of odd jobs to support her son and herself. Alexis's father was in the Navy and didn't have a relationship with them. As a 24-year-old, she was supporting herself and her son on her own, and it was at this time that she discovered that she was pregnant with a second child. The father of this child was her boyfriend, 37-year-old Herman Aguilera, and Aguilera worked as a mechanic at the San Francisco International Airport and as a limousine driver for a company in South San Francisco. They had been dating off and on for about five years before she found out she was pregnant, And shortly after she discovered she was pregnant, she also found out that Aguilera was actually married. Accounts from her friends and family indicate that Aguilera was not very happy that Evelyn had gotten pregnant and was not planning on continuing the relationship or planning really to support them at all. There is also a suggestion that Evelyn was trying, uh, was going to try and pursue child support from Aguilera to assist in raising her son, basically. Despite all the complications she had in her personal life, she was excited to give birth to her child and very focused on raising her soon-to-be two children. At the time of her disappearance, she was eight and a half months pregnant and expected to give birth in the next week. Her friends and family confirmed that she was excited and ready to embark on this new chapter in her life. So on the day of her disappearance... Evelyn was last heard uh, from by her family on April 30th, 2002, when she had called her sisters to discuss her upcoming baby shower. She had a sister in Virginia. She also had a sister who lived in the East Bay. On May 1st, 2002, Evelyn dropped her son Alexis off at daycare. And police also knew that she visited an ATM before retrieving her son from daycare. After that, Evelyn and her son were never heard from again. Her passport was still at her house along with her son's. Um, And at her house, there was really no evidence that she planned on leaving for an extended period of time. Shortly after her and Alexis's disappearance, her wallet was found in a parking lot in South San Francisco. And inside the wallet was a disability check made out to Evelyn and $40 in cash. Evelyn was reported missing about a week after she was last seen by her boyfriend, Herman Aguilera. The parking lot... where her wallet was found was about two blocks from the limousine service that he worked for. Uh, The parking lot and the canal adjacent to the parking lot were searched by police, uh, but aside from the wallet, they didn't find any trace of Evelyn or Alexis. Police initially believed that Evelyn may have decided to leave the area and have her baby in private. Uh, According to them, they think that she would have a reason to leave considering she just found out that her boyfriend was married Uh, They thought she might have wanted just to get out for a while to decompress before the baby came. But her friends and family disagreed, saying that while she was dealing with the struggles that came along with being a single mother, she was looking forward to giving birth and she was a devoted mother to Alexis. And it would be really out of character for her to disappear and not tell anyone. By the middle of summer 2002, so a couple months after she was last seen, the police began to change their minds and think that Evelyn's disappearance might be due to foul play, rather than leaving the area on her own. Uh, None of her friends or family had heard from her since April 30th, and Alexis had not been to daycare since May 1st. 
Uh, no one had been to the apartment and Evelyn had not taken any personal belongings with her that indicated she had been planning on going anywhere. Her friends and family believed that uh, she would not, like I said, not leave the area on her own and not contact anyone, especially since she was due to give birth. She would have called somebody once the baby was born. Uh, the police's foul play suspicions were confirmed in late July, almost three months after uh, the disappearance. <clears throat> On July 24th, 2002, a badly decomposed torso and pair of legs were found on the Embarcadero near the San Francisco Bay Bridge, still wearing maternity clothes. In September, Evelyn's family was notified that the results of the DNA test on the remains confirmed that they were Evelyn's, and the rest of her body and her fetus were never found. Alexis has also never been found, but it is presumed by police that he is dead. Uh, It is not believed that she was intentionally dismembered, but the state of her remains were due to being in the bay for several months, which would subject them to rough currents and animals. Uh, police almost immediately ruled out Alexis's father as a suspect. Like I mentioned, he was in the Navy when Alexis was born and never really had a relationship with him or Evelyn after he found out that she was pregnant. Police then focused on Herman Aguilera, and he was heavily questioned by the police, but maintained that he was driving the lim- for the limousine company and then at home with his wife the day that Evelyn and, Al- and Alexis went missing. His wife corroborated his alibi, saying that her husband was at home all night after he got off work and that he didn't leave once he came home. Uh, According to a police inspector working on the case, Aguilera's wife knew that he had a relationship with Evelyn in the past, but she thought that he had broken it off and she did not know that Evelyn was pregnant. Um, The police were actually the ones to break that news to her. Yeah. So after the questioning began, Aguilera hired a lawyer and stopped speaking with investigators and denied comment requests to media outlets. Uh, The police maintain that Aguilera is not a formal suspect and he has never been arrested or charged with Evelyn's disappearance or death. SFPD does note that he has not been ruled out, but he's described as not a serious suspect. To this day, it is not known what happened to Evelyn and Alexis and SFPD Ask that anyone with any information contact them at 415-553-1071. So if Evelyn's case sounds familiar to you, you aren't alone. Those fam- uh, those familiar with the Lacey Peterson case uh, draw this very many similarities between these two disappearances. Uh, Lacey Peterson was a 27-year-old woman living in Modesto, California, uh, about 90 miles east of San Francisco. She was eight months pregnant when she disappeared on December 24, 2002. (laughs) Shortly after 10.15 a.m., a neighbor found Lacey and her husband, uh, Scott's golden retriever, running around the neighborhood with his leash on. The neighbor returned the dog to their yard and noticed that Lacey's car was parked in the driveway, but thought nobody was home. So Scott was fishing that morning, and uh, he said that he saw Lacey curling her hair and getting ready for the day as he was heading out the door. He said that he headed out really early. Um, And when he returned home that evening, he found Lacey's purse and keys inside the house, but no one was home. Shortly after 5.30, Scott called Lacey's parents, who lived locally, uh, to ask if she was with them. And when he was told she wasn't there, he told the parents, quote, that something happened to her and that she was missing. Uh, 
So the police were called by Lacey's parents at 6 p.m. An immediate search was conducted by friends and family and volunteers of the surrounding areas. Um, a command center was set up at a local Red Lion hotel where police and family also held press conferences. Um, a reward for information leading to Lacey's safe return started at $25,000, but it was quickly increased to a quarter of a million and then ultimately half a million dollars. And 900 people participated in the initial search for Lacey, and they passed out flyers and other information. Uh, Lacey's case received massive media coverage and exposure across the country, and her case also received like quick and thorough action from the police. Um, Lacey's disappearance was also immediately treated as suspicious, unlike Evelyn's. Um, her family said that she would not disappear without telling anyone, especially not on Christmas Eve. Um, her family became increasingly suspicious of Scott because of his strange behavior and inconsistencies in his story about the events you know, on the day that she was last seen. He stormed out of a press conference when the media asked the police if Scott was being treated as a suspect, which in all fairness is a, I think, a standard question. Yeah. Um, they tend to look at Those you know, the husband boyfriend first. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. I mean, it's normal procedure uh her family also noted that he was quick to refer to Lacey as a missing person like immediately as soon mm. as she was gone and and use the term often i remember that yeah when it was yeah i do remember the beginning of this news coverage i mean i was younger but i do remember i mean even i remember it at like yeah and 11 consistencies in his story all of that too is just funny but yeah he immediately like oh something's wrong she's missing it's like mm -hmm. uh, you just got home from fishing <laughs> yeah you're like you you don't know anything about yeah. what happened right like uh, why are you jumping to that conclusion? Right. But, uh, her family also noted that uh, through all of this, they were, you know, publicly supported him, even even though people were like, you know, he's acting kind of funny. Uh, that was until January 2003 when the police told the family that he was having affairs with multiple women. And it was revealed that on December 9th, Scott had told one of the women he was having an affair with that he was actually a widower. And this would be his first Christmas without his wife. Now, Lacey wouldn't disappear for two more weeks. So the idea is that he had planned mm -hmm. her disappearance for some time. Uh, in mid-April 2003, almost four months after she disappeared, the body of a fetus washed up on the shore of the eastern side of the San Francisco Bay, a little bit north of the Berkeley Marina. And the next day, the body of a recently pregnant woman washed ashore a mile from where the fetus was found. Uh, both bodies were found in the area that Scott had said he had been fishing in the day that Lacey had disappeared. <clears throat> DNA tests revealed that the bodies belonged to Lacey and her unborn son, who she was going to name Connor. Um, and no cause of death was determined, but there was evidence of dismemberment done by a human and evidence of cracked ribs, which would have happened when Lacey was alive. So Scott was eventually arrested, tried, and convicted of Lacey's murder and sits on death row at San Quentin Prison in Marin County, um, just not too far from us, as we've said before in other cases. Uh, his case is currently on appeal with the Supreme Court of California. So let's talk about the comparisons between Lacey and Evelyn. So clearly they're similar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both women are in their 20s. They're heavily pregnant. Um, both were described as excited to give birth and did not have a reason to leave the area or make themselves disappear intentionally. 
both women lived in Northern California and both women's remains were found in the San Francisco Bay. Uh, Lacey went missing about seven months after Evelyn and Alexis disappeared. Uh, although Evelyn and Lacey's stories are similar, the way they're portrayed by the media are just vastly different. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I, I remember um, Lacey Peterson never until we talked about this. Uh, never really heard of uh, Evelyn. I mean, a lot of articles uh that mention Evelyn Hernandez, mention her to show the contrast between the media attention and Lacey's case received and the lack of attention Evelyn received. These two cases are mentioned often when discussing missing white women syndrome, which is a term used to describe the massive amount of media attention white upper class, uh, upper middle class women and teenagers receive when they go missing. The term is also used to show the relation of the dis proportionately low amount of attention uh, women of different races or socioeconomic backgrounds receive, even though oftentimes the cases are very similar. Uh, Terry Glenn Lilly wrote an article for Everyday Sociology that kind of detailed, he did a little bit of his own research and detailed the following numbers. As of a 2008 search of the news items in the United States, it showed that there were 8,141 articles written about Lacey. Now, the same search for Evelyn showed 57. Uh, Furthermore, of the articles mentioning Evelyn, 41 of them only mentioned her name in relation to Lacey. So for a more local example, in the four-month time period from when Lacey Peterson was reported missing to when Scott Peterson was arrested, the San Francisco Chronicle ran 32 stories on her disappearance and murder. Uh, Four of these stories actually ended up on the front page, which is... Makes sense because she was found in the San Francisco area. Um, Only five articles are written about Evelyn Hernandez, and none of them actually ended up on the front page. Yeah, and I mean, like I was saying before, it's I I totally remember the the Peterson case, and um, you know, just everywhere. But I could not tell you who Evelyn was, Evelyn Hernandez. I only heard from her because I majored in sociology in college, and we would discuss like you know, media coverage a lot. That was where I first heard of Evelyn's case. Um, My teacher's basically like, did you know that there were basically two Lacey Petersons and you just probably have never heard of the other one? And And just those uh, numbers right there. I mean, a total of 8,141 articles, just to let that sink in, written about Lacey in the same search, 57, but most of them were just to compare the two or probably even to help, you know, get the Lacey name out there more. So if you will, like a better way to put it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to like begrudge, you know, media coverage, like all oh, Lacey gets all this. Cause I mean, everyone should get that much media coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of a hard, it's hard to look at, you know, that one person gets so much media coverage and then the other person gets so little, it's it's hard to like look at and be like God I can't even imagine. I mean it's just drastically different. That's oh, what it it's is. just so yeah, drastic. I mean it's just yeah. like I mean those numbers are, are quite jarring when you look at it. <laughs> so that's you know that's why yeah and I don't want to you know they're both very important you know the two people are missing and you know I think I just think they deserve the same amount of time because the more word you get out there the more chance. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You might have somebody may have some information. Yeah, and we do see that a lot, though. This is like a, you can see the trend in media coverage, just like you said about the missing, you know, white women syndrome. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those cases seem to go viral more often than other cases that are similar. Um, For whatever reason, you know, there, you could speculate on to many different reasons as to why that is. Um, Some people think it has to do with, you know, access to resources as well as just, you know, how do you decide what cases are quote, 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 unquote, newsworthy, right? Right. Yeah. So a lot of this coverage for an Evelyn's case specifically was due to the fact that Scott Peterson's defense attorney had mentioned Evelyn's case in relation to Lacey's during the trial. And he basically said that in trying to present an alternative theory of the crime suggested that <clears throat> there was another a third party, third person that was responsible for both Lacey and Evelyn, like basically like a serial killer that preyed on pregnant women Mm -hmm. was what he suggested. And um, that was almost immediately ruled out. I think it was just kind of like a shot in the dark. Uh, Yeah. And then it had nothing to do with Scott and it was just a totally random person. The police pretty much almost immediately said, you know, there's really no connection between these two people at all. Uh, And um, even still, there are other people who, you know, there's like some theories out there, right, that think that maybe these cases are related, but that Scott Peterson killed both of them and that like uh, Evelyn was maybe some sort of like practice run for, for, you know, what he had planned to do to Lacey. But again, there's really no evidence of that either. And that doesn't explain, you know, Alexis, why would he, if he were trying to like do a practice run, for lack of a better term, why would he kidnap somebody with who already had a five-year-old child, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say probably not. I mean, I guess you could say, uh, you know, maybe if there was just a third party out there because of the proximity. I mean, they're fairly close. Modesto and San Francisco is not very far away. Oh, but, yeah, what, an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, if that. So, <laughs> um but kind of, again, it sort of jumps back up to what we were talking about a few minutes ago is, you know, much of the, the coverage was basically due to the Peterson trial. So using mm-hmm. her disappearance to And I don't like him. that he used her disappearance as what felt like a means to an end. Like, I or just kind of used it as like a... Uh, I mean, I know it's his job. He is a defense attorney. Sure. Yeah. And, and but, you know, I guess anything could happen kind of thing. But, yeah, it feels a little... Um, weird using that it's kind of like saying that you're calling into work 
because you had a death in the family when that didn't happen kind of thing. It's just a little, eh, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I guess maybe just because I firmly believe that Scott Peterson did yeah, kill his I, wife. Me too. To me, yeah. I'm just kind of like, all right, you're going to use this poor woman who's family is still grieving mm-hmm. as a way to kind of draw attention to your case and try and help you out and ugh, so something doesn't sit right just with me. It's gonna look gross. Yeah, yeah it doesn't um, sit right. Um when cases receive more media attention, they usually also get more police attention due to public pressure. And cases that receive more police attention are also have a higher chance of being solved because oh. they're being investigated. Being so yeah, in addition to fitting the criteria of a missing person that would receive a lot of attention, you know, being white and upper middle class, Lacey had a vast network of friends and family that advocated on her behalf basically immediately. Uh, due to the media exposure led by her family, Lacey soon had a prominent victims group advocating on her behalf as well, which carries a lot of political power. Um, Evelyn's friends and family pushed to have her case featured on America's Most Wanted. However, their request was rejected because no warrants had been issued for a suspect. Mm. But then when, a few months later, America's Most Wanted did do a show on Lacey, although no warrant had been issued in her case at the time. Interesting. So again, it's, you know, public pressure and media attention, right? Like, how is America's Most Wanted not going to do a case on the most covered missing persons case at the moment, right? Right. Yeah. So Evelyn's friends and family don't blame Lacey's friends and family for doing all they can to publicize her case. They're just frustrated that Evelyn didn't receive the same attention, which is fair, I think. absolutely. Um, Her family believes that her case was not covered as extensively because she was a poor immigrant, and statistical evidence of media coverage tends to agree with what they're saying. Evelyn's family also questions why there was no large police investigation when she first went missing. A press conference wasn't initially held to discuss her disappearance, and no large reward has ever been offered in exchange for information regarding her whereabouts. A year after Evelyn went missing, Lacey's husband had already been arrested and was awaiting trial for murder. Although her family has expressed frustration with law enforcement, SFPD insists that they've done all they can with her case and mentioned that they don't really dictate what cases get substantial media attention and which cases don't. So basically they're like, you know, what do you want us to do? Oftentimes when cases receive a lot of attention, the laws that get passed as a result are named for them. Lacey and Connor's law is also called the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, um, which recognizes a child in utero as a victim. Megan's law was created after a rape and murder of Megan Conca, I'm going to say that horribly, in 1994, which requires a state sex offenders registry to notify communities when a sex offender moves into the area. Amber alerts, um, you know, were implemented after the abduction and murder of Amber uh, Hagerman in 1996. All of these victims were white, and their cases received a lot of media attention. They also have parallel cases involving victims of color who did not receive the same attention. Therefore, their names are not on laws. So it's, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think it's just frustrating. Um, I don't think that it's bad that cases get attention. I think it's good that cases receive extensive attention. Everyone, I think, should get extensive attention. Because it motivates law enforcement to act quickly, which is necessary to solving cases, especially when they have a time-sensitive aspect to them, Mm -hmm. like a missing person. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when uh, only cases that feature victims of a certain, you know, race or socioeconomic class are featured, it disenfranchises the other populations that don't get that type of attention more. Uh, but it's a shame that some victims never get justice and then they kind of ultimately just live in obscurity. Yeah. So there's your little sociology lesson for the day. <laughs> um, down to theories and kind of like a final discussion, though. What do you think happened to Evelyn? Like, who do you think is responsible? I've jotted down, you know, a couple of possibilities and we could go through them. I mean, yeah. the most obvious would be her boyfriend at the time, Herman Aguilera. I think he had the most cause. Yeah, most cause and um, he... statistically the most likely. Look right. At the boyfriend, um, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, his wife knew about it, I guess. I mean, it's, I would assume that's why he would do it is to keep his, I, well, or not well, the pregnancy, though. So his wife knew that he had had an affair with her. But according to the police, the wife believed that he had broken off the affair and he, she did not know that Evelyn was pregnant with his baby. Well, that's true. Yeah. That was so, what the police told her. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely a possibility, but it's just you had such a lack of... Um, any any seemingly any investigation and quick police work with her that it's really going to be hard to know. I mean, I, I, he seems like the most likely suspect, though. Yeah, if I had to put him. money on one, right? Yeah, so, exactly. The other suggestion was maybe she had another boyfriend who, you know, because I think I get the impression that Herman Aguilera and Evelyn were on and off. Yeah. Um, but she maybe was? she had another boyfriend that Could was on be. and off. Um, back to Herman, though, that's right. Oh, her wallet. Sorry. No, no, no. It's my fault. But uh, he, her wallet was found pretty close to his work, right? The, yeah, yeah. Next to it. Apparently, so in a parking lot, two blocks from his work, next to a gas station that he, you know, that the limousine company would probably use because it was really close. Yeah. So that's sort of, again, I just remember thinking that when we were talking about him. Ah, yeah. I think, you know, he's probably for me. Oh, that's sus like just really suspect. Yeah. Another man in her life. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know. It, it could be um also a you know a stranger you know i know i feel like i always bring that one up i'm like well it could just be a random crime well, because <laughs> it happens i mean yeah um, i feel like you have to mention it yeah you know there's just sometimes there's people who do bad things to other people for no reason other than they just do i had a friend at work once tell me that i believe this was in huntington beach um it's really quite sad a woman was just on the beach reading a book and a man came by and slit her throat Oh, my God. Just walked by and slit her, just killed her. And from <clears throat> everything that we could tell, it, she he didn't know um, her, or I guess we're assuming it was a he. But anyway, it was just, you, the point was, he was just saying, you never know. There's people out there who literally are just doing it to do it. <laughs> no reason. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. yeah. So it could definitely Rare, but it could up. happen. Yeah. Um, another theory that I saw floated around was, you know, those like stories that, you know, like Law and Order SVU where someone is, is kidnapped and killed for their baby, you know, mm. um, which again, I think is probably less likely than a random crime too. Yeah. But again, in the theory, in the realm of possibility, right? <laughs> yeah. Very well could be, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then that one always seems, I mean, I know it happens, but it seems just preposterous a little yeah, yeah. Uh, like very 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 unlikely yeah um but yeah you never you never know uh scott peterson i i think that that was just mm, i don't think so at all i think that that was just a technique used by his defense um 
And then yeah. once it was used by his defense, people were like, well, maybe he did kill her as a practice run, which I hate saying because that sounds so casual. But yeah, um, I don't a, I don't think he had anything to do with Evelyn's disappearance. I don't think so either. I, um, but well, when, where would their lives have crossed over? Yeah, I mean, it is close and I get that. But again, where would their lives have crossed? Yeah, I mean, she was in San Francisco, he was in Modesta. I mean, I, you know, he does come up here fishing. I know he went to the Berkeley Marina, which is right across the bay. It's very cl- 10 minutes, you know, without traffic. <laughs> but yeah, so probably not Scott Peterson. No, um, I think it was either a stranger or her boyfriend. Yeah, you know, I think so too. And then unfortunately, you know, it's so I think this case is so sad. I mean, not only for Evelyn and she's pregnant, but her son. Right, her five-year-old son, Alexis. Um, I, in terms of what happened to him, it's presumed that he died when his mother died. Um, There's also, like, a lesser chance of a theory that basically he was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. I think that he probably died when his mom died and that he was just never found. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, the Bay... um, I I am always kind of surprised when things... uh, wash up I guess or are found in the bay because it is such a big bay it's oh it's a huge body of water yeah it's very like the currents are very strong it's really mm-hmm. choppy and rough um, yeah and so, I mean it's huge I don't think people know how big it is that's pretty big yeah I feel, I feel like the word bay makes it sound very you know like oh it's like a bay it's like oh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big big scary bay <laughs> you don't want to get caught out there yeah no but i would assume uh, you know unfortunately it's sad but I, I think whatever fate you know she met unfortunately he probably met the same i think so too yeah. um and do you think that the lacy and evelyn cases are related and i i don't think that i think that scott peterson's lawyer using evelyn's case as a potential defense brought more attention to it but just because it was only as a comparison, it ultimately didn't really provide any new leads or any increased law enforcement attention to find out what happened to her. It was basically investigated to make sure that it wasn't connected to Lacey Peterson's case. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like a stalling technique from Scott Peterson's defense attorney to delay the inevitable, similar to the one that the uh, Lonnie Franklin's defense attorney tried to use basically by time to delay what was inevitably going to happen, which was that he was going to be found guilty. You're so right. Very similar to the Grim Sleeper. Yeah, it just, to me, strikes me as a way to buy time. Yeah, it's the way to delay it, yeah. Which is, and again, I mean, it is, you're a defense attorney, you got to do what you got to do, and I I get that. But it is just a little, I mean, it's just sad that you're using her disappearance to your gain you know there's just something a little it's just a little gross about it yeah Yeah. uh why what is the main reason you think Lacey's case received more attention um i because i'm divided on like media attention versus the fact that her family like particularly her parents and i think her brother and sister were very quick to like to rally and act and you know got all i mean media attention obviously was paramount in all of this, but they had, you know, a command center set up and they had resources to devote to looking for her. Um, and they knew she was missing right away. That was the other thing is that she had been seen the day before. And then right when away, Scott they... came home, he basically told them immediately that he didn't know where she was. And then they set all that up and were, you know, sent in the cavalry right away. Right. <clears throat> and right. With Evelyn. 
a Not week so went by yeah. before she was reported missing. And so, so why? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why. I think, like you said, you have family, you have friends, but there's also they have resources, and those resources put pressure for law enforcement to act, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. I don't think it. Sh- I think they should act regardless. Oh yeah, definitely. of pressure. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have. I mean, all things being equal, um, and. Because to me, the cases are so similar, um, you know, and I'm going to pardon for the lack of a better term. I don't know why hers is, would be sexier coverage. Like, why is hers a sexier case to cover than the other one? Because to me, they're both the same. And in fact, you should even cover both with 8,000 articles because they're so similar. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy that two, you know, how similar they are and in the same amount of time. I don't know. So... Um, it's just a shame. I don't think the amount of resources you have should equal how much help you get, you know, when something happens to you. Yeah, I agree. I do. It's sad. I mean, it, but because I also think that if Evelyn's case had been um, given more like, you know, investigation and media attention on the in the beginning. Yeah. That it might have been solved, you know. Um Absolutely. If at first when she and Alexis first went missing, if there had been immediate response and coverage, I'm wondering if that would have been, you know, what helps them solve this case. Would be pressure on whoever did. If let's say it was Herman, you know, I mean, Uh boom, you have a police presence right away. This and that. I mean, the quicker you have to, you know, I know. Well, they say the first forty-eight, right? (laughs) Like, right. You need to act quick and. the longer you let it go by, it's it's just nothing's going to come of it. I don't know if she'll ever have the case. I don't know if we'll ever know what happened to just Evelyn or her son, which is so sad. It's not only just her, a five-year-old. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know that her case will ever be solved. Yeah, um, probably not. I mean, unless somebody comes forward and, you know, randomly out of the blue says, you know, breaks a case open, but probably yeah, not. Yeah, I, I feel like the because of the disparities of coverage in the media. That's why I think it's important for us to be like cognizant of what cases we cover on our podcast. Cause mm-hmm. we usually just pick co- like cases that are either recommended to us or ones that we just personally find interesting or compelling. But like, I know we both all try and kind of make an effort to look into cases that haven't received as much attention. Um, I'm afraid that we'll never know what happened to Evelyn and Alexis because I think that the window of opportunity for leads is closed. And unless somebody comes forward, like you said, and provide, you know, drops a bomb, right? Yeah. Um, or confesses or provides, you know, previously unknown information to the SFPD that the case will probably remain cold. And I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's um, very unfortunate. But... Um that uh, wraps us up for today we'll leave you with that <laughs> uh thank you so much for joining us we want to give a shout out to the blank tapes for our wonderful intro and outro music we really love it thank you matt uh please visit our website <laughs> misconductpodcast.com to leave your thoughts and comments on today's case um any links to further reading or other content will be po- posted below the episode um, misconduct is available on soundcloud itunes and now stitcher Uh, You can also visit our Facebook and Instagram pages. um, So you can visit our website to get those links and start a conversation on Facebook. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts. As always, if you'd like to email suggestions for an upcoming episode, you can do so via the website. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.